Let's stand together. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews uh, chapter 2. Since therefore the children share in the flesh, verse 14, in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, and make propitiation for our sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Father, we thank you for the work of this babe in a manger that we celebrate. And let us be reminded today deeply of how we should celebrate him and what he means to us and the hope that comes in Jesus' name. And Father, for those who are in this place who need to cross a line of faith today and put their faith in Jesus, speak to their hearts today. And for those who are hurting at this time of year, let them find the hope that comes in Jesus' name today. We ask this in his precious name. Amen. Have you been celebrating Christmas? Amen. Any of you? Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of things go on this time. with parties and get-togethers and family stuffs happening this week. It really kind of intensifies and, uh, you know, programs to go to at school and uh, different things that are taking place in our life to celebrate Christmas. And, and here's the deal. You, know, you go places and there's decorations everywhere and everything's lit up and you have to decorate your house and uh, make things look nice and, and just kind of have a, a great time. Uh, the problem with our Christmas celebrations is not that they are too much. The real problem with our Christmas celebrations at times is that they're too shallow. That, that, that we, we stop a little short. See, we're, we're happy that we're going to see family, and that's good, isn't it? I hope it's good for you. Uh, we're happy for some time off work, maybe. And that's nice. That's good. And we celebrate that. We're, uh, we're happy for good food. How many of you like good food? Yeah, and especially in America, we should be happy for good food. One of my prayers always at this time of year, I'm reminded that as we have so much sitting on our table, there are people around the world who have nothing sitting on their table. And so I'm thankful for what God has given to us. Uh, we're happy to give to others. That's one of the signs of becoming an adult is when you're more excited about what you're giving than what you're getting. And, and we're happy and we, we celebrate giving to others. And that doesn't take away from the fact that sometimes we're happy about getting something for ourselves. How many will be honest today and say, I'm happy about something I'm getting this year? Okay, we're going to pray for the rest of you. Because this is church, you should tell the truth. So... But if, if that is all there is, if all there is is family and time off and good food and even giving and receiving gifts, if that's all there is, we miss the greatest reason to celebrate. The true, deep 
situation that should be going on in our lives. And we end up on the shallow end of the pool, missing out on the richness of the full fullness of what God has for us. The baby came to meet our greatest needs. He knows what you need. He, he knows what hurts are going on in your life and what hurts are going on in my life. He knows what fears you have, concerns you have. He knows what bondage attaches itself to your life. And he knows something that many times we miss, the areas of life where we are blind and insensitive and cold, where we need to be awake and aware and concerned. He knows all of these things about us. And he came to meet our greatest need. He was, did you hear what the choir sang today? The hope of all mankind. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate Jesus. The hope of all mankind. There is an eternity. There is hope for my circumstances. There is deliverance from my, from my bondage. There is an answer to my hurts. There is relief for my fears. There is someone who will open my eyes so that I can see clearly and know how to act. Every need. He was born to give us life. We need to celebrate. That is the deep end of why we celebrate. The real reason that we were lost and separated from God and Jesus came to meet our greatest need. And it's my responsibility as a as a pastor, to drive that celebration deeper. That's what I'm trying to do today. To remind you of what we really celebrate, of how much we've really been given, of how much freedom we really have, and how much of an answer is really ours because the baby was to be born. That, that's not to minimize the other things, but to deepen and to make more meaningful the whole celebration that this is really about Jesus who came to be the hope of all mankind. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not only my responsibility. If you're the head of a household, it's your responsibility to look at your household and to remind them of the greatest reason, the real reason of the season. Some of you men, maybe it's a little hard for you to step up and talk about spiritual things. It's time to begin. It's time to start. Some of you may be single moms in a home. It's time to remind your family of the greatest reason and to speak up and to say something. And if you're single, it's, it's your responsibility to remind your spirit that there's one who is with you, there's one who wants to keep you, and there's one who loves you, there's one who has a great plan for you and has a purpose for your life. If you love your present circumstances, celebrate that Jesus has been active in your life. And if you hate them, remind yourself that Jesus has come, the hope of all mankind. Don't let your family stay in the shallow end of the pool. Enjoy the shallow end. Celebrate the shallow end. But lead them to the deeper end. Remind yourself and remind them that this is about 
a baby that was born. How do you do that? Well, I'll give you a couple ways. Uh, one, uh, you know, bring your family to church on Christmas Eve. Look at them and say, you know what? This isn't just about us hanging out. This is about what a, ba- a baby that's been born and about what Jesus has done for us. And we're going to carve out at least an hour, hour and a half of our life. And we're going to come and remind ourselves, and I want you all to be reminded, that this isn't just about us getting gifts and giving back and forth to each other and having a good meal. This is about Jesus being born. And we're going to honor that and let that word get planted in our heart. Take time in your home. Get your Bibles out. Get in Matthew. Get in Luke. Look up some scripture. So right at the beginning of those books, it's not hard to find. Just read those first couple chapters. And take time in your home to sit down with your children, with your family, and say, listen, after dinner now we're going to share some scripture before we... Let me, read some, let me remind everybody in here what this is all about. Let me remind you. Why do we celebrate this time of year? Why do we give gifts? Now, there's another way. With your family and your friends, share your testimony. Tell them what this baby has done for you. Where did you come from and where are you now? Maybe you came from a home with a rich heritage of Christian faith and you can tell them about that. Or maybe you come from a home where there was no faith at all and it was a disaster and a train wreck and God has rescued you out of it. And you may be sitting there and say, oh, hey, listen, Pastor, I, I, I acted in some ways I'm embarrassed about. I'm acting in some ways that, that were far from God. My kids don't even know about that. I, I want to tell you, one of the richest things you can do for them is tell them what God rescued them from. To sit and look at them and say, listen, there was a day when I was far from God, and this is what I was like. Be grateful. You've never witnessed this side of me. You, I, was, you, I got saved before you came along. But let me tell you what our home would be like without him. And you begin to plant the seed of how Jesus has rescued your life, changed your life, and rescued their life. Let them see the richness of that and the fullness of that. And let them see how Jesus changes the world. Get in the deep end of the pool with them. Now, here's another thing you can do. As a family, as a group of people, do something for someone that you know. Do something for somebody. Make a dinner for somebody. Buy a meal for somebody. Go work at a, at a shelter for a couple hours. Go to a bread line for a couple hours. Take, take cookies to somebody's house. Go serve somebody and remind them that this reason this season speaks to this season reminds us that Jesus, who had no needs, came to this earth to serve our needs. And we need to learn that service is where fullness of life is found at. So we're going to serve somebody this season. Find some way in your life, some little way. Buy some Christmas presents for someone who's not going to get a Christmas. Do something out of, out of your family, out of your life, out of your ability. Go visit somebody who's sick. Go, go to a nursing home. Go someplace. Do something. So there, there's a bunch of ways right there that you can actually do something to remind your family that this season is more than just about us getting together and having food and giving presents to each other. 
but that there's a deep end of this pool that we want to be a part of. And I would tell you to do that, you need to be intentional. Now, some of you sitting here today have faced losses this year. There's loved ones that won't be around the Christmas table. There are friends that you won't see again on this earth. Some have gotten gotten gotten, gotten information about health issues in your life that scare you and frighten you for the year to come. Some have had goals that are lost. Listen, Christmas can be a real downer at the shallow end of the pool. Christmas in the shallow end of the pool, when everything's going well, when everything's great, it's a fantastic place to be. But when things start going bad, when things start going wrong, when things happen that we don't like, we can find ourselves down there at the shallow end of the pool and there's something missing. I want to encourage you today to swim out a little deeper with me. To go out a little farther. Because, see, the answer to the missing parts in the shallow end of the pool is the fullness that you find in the deep end of the pool. The only one that can make make up and answer those fears, answer that emptiness, answer that brokenness, is the one who dwells at the deep end of the pool. Some of you are reminded of broken or disappointing relationships, things that have happened in your life that you wish were were different. Swim deeper with us. See, Christmas should remind us that no matter what we have lost here, there is still hope. Hope is alive. And where nobody else can answer that problem for you, no one else can fill that hole in your life, and no one else can come and and, and fully take care of that need. Hope is alive in the name of Jesus, and he can. He is there for you. Yeah, give the Lord a clap off. No matter what has happened, there is a new day coming. No matter how bottomless, no matter how helpless the situation may be, no matter how broken life may be, the baby has come. And there is something that can never be taken from us. No matter what's happening in our life, that babe in a manger is still alive. He breathes hope into all our situations. Now think about this for a minute. Think about what your loss means without the baby. Think about what it's like without him in a manger. And then think about how that changes. Because he's alive. My loved one who is gone, I'll never see him again. But the baby is alive. And that loved one who is gone... There's a reunion day coming. This brokenness in my heart, nobody can heal it. But with the babe alive, he can come in and give me strength to face it. Our hope and the deep end of the pool is is with Jesus. So what does this mean to, to us? Think about what he does for us and what he can do for you. And when, the, when you begin to be overwhelmed at the shallow end of the pool of the things that are missing, Begin to think about the baby and the deep end of the pool and the things that are yours. Over the years, I have uh, 
been privileged to have a, a few cars, some new cars and some used cars. And uh, here, here is, is something that is very, very true. It, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside if the inside is bad. You can have a, a beautiful clunker. Looks beautiful, looks gorgeous, but you can't count on it. And you can have a, you can have a clunker that looks like a clunker too. Now, so I guess if you're going to have one or the other, you have a beautiful clunker. But you can also have one that maybe looks like a clunker that is really dependable. I want to tell you, this is the world today. We have a clunker that looks like a clunker. Crime, poverty, racism, bigotry, people trying to force their views on others, radical Islam, mass shootings, death, sickness, betrayals, on and on and on. And, and I want to tell you, it, when, when you got that clunker sitting there, when you, you've got the, 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 the clunker there, it, it's just what it is, isn't it? Now, people want to def, want to define the reason. And so here's our reason. All these things happen because of, some people say, poverty. That's the reason all this happens. Some people say it all happens because of radical teaching. Some people say it's because of bullying. Some people say it's because uh, people don't have jobs. Some people say we have this clunker on our hands because of global warming. Everything is blamed on global warming. The Bible gives us another answer. It gives us one short word that defines the problem of all mankind. You know what it is? Sin. Sin, by definition, is doing things as we see fit instead of how God is directed. In any place in our life where we justify our actions. So you have the young person who says they love God, uh, but it's okay for them to, you know, be sexually immoral. We de deny the whole premise of our problem. The problem is the depth of our sin. And when you begin to think about sin, we begin to think about this definition of doing things as we see fit. But here again, the problem goes deeper. It's not simply our actions. Our actions are a true reflection of our nature. Our actions are a reflection that we are broken. And our actions are a reflection of who we are. Wherever you put us in this condition, we will act like a broken piece. So, let me put it this way. If, if you have an old 1957 Chevy and a brand new Lamborghini, now, I, I'm not certain that there's any piece that fits back and forth, and, and I would imagine it probably isn't. But let's pretend for a second that there's a piece in that old 1957 Chevy that works in the brand new 
just going to pretend that for a second. Are you with me so far? We're pretending right now. If the peace is broken in the 1957 Chevy, what's it going to be like in the Lamborghini? It's still broken. If you have the peace in the Lamborghini, it's broken, and you take it out and you put it in a 1957 Chevy, it's still broken. The peace is broken. And that's what we have to understand about us. We are broken. And we can dress ourselves up and, you know, cut our hair just right, put the right clothes on, come into church and look real dignified. But if we're a clunker on the inside, we're still a clunker. We can get all of our family lined up in the church next to us and get everything looking just right. But if there's brokenness in us, we're still broken. And eventually the day comes when that brokenness unfolds in our family, in our lives, and who we are. And all of a sudden, we have a broken mess on our hands. We don't like to admit it. But when we look at the world today, the problem is us. Mankind is the issue. The answer by the nature of the law is to throw out the broken piece. To take that which is broken and pitch it out and get rid of it. But in God's eyes, we're not simply a machine part. We are the creation of God. And even in our brokenness, He loves us. Here's that deeper end of the pool. Here's what should be added to our celebration. Here's what we need to remember when all is going well and what we need to remember when everything is messed up. Here's what we need to tell our families as we gather around the Christmas tree. Here's what we need to remind them. We love you. We love being with you. We are grateful for the good food that we have. We love giving to you. We celebrate all of that. But even more, we celebrate this, that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the celebration that means something. That is the one that lasts. That is the issue that when all the things of the shallow end are falling apart, that you can get down in the deep end and hold on to something true. God said it this way. Jesus said it this way. He said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would cometh unto him who should not perish but have everlasting life, whoever would believe in him. The baby is a reflection of the love of God that doesn't give up on us while we're broken, but comes to our rescue to heal us and to set us free. Our text today says uh, that Jesus is a faithful high priest. There's two jobs about faithful high priests. A faithful high priest is called to direct the people, to direct their hearts to God. He's supposed to stand in front of the congregation, in front of the people of Israel, and remind them that they're to serve God. That's his job. This is the reality of our faithful high priest. Our faithful
faithful high priest isn't someone afar off. Our faithful high priest isn't someone we just know about. Our faithful high priest isn't somebody we just hear about. Our faithful high priest isn't somebody we're just trying to please. Our faithful high priest doesn't just stand beside us. Our faithful high priest, when we invite him, comes right in the depth of our lives. He becomes Emmanuel, God with us, in us, dwelling in us. And he directs our hearts towards the things of God. This is one of the signs that you're saved. One of the signs that you've really come to Christ is when there were things in your life that you used to do that all of a sudden you go, I don't want to do that anymore. When there are things in your life that you didn't used to do that you suddenly say, I, I want to do that in, in, now. When there was language that used to come out of your mouth that suddenly you go, I don't want to talk like that anymore. When there are ways you treated people that now you look back at and Well, you were proud of them in the day, but now you look back at them and go, how did I ever act that way? How did I ever treat my wife that way? How did I ever treat my friends that way? How did I ever treat even the people I work with? How did I treat them that way? When there's a bitterness in you that you just begin to feel like, I, I want that out of my life. I don't want that in me anymore. I don't you know, Stop making excuses for it. I want to be free from it. See, what's happening? The faithful high priest is directing your heart towards God. And so if I'm the same guy before I became a Christian, I'm the same guy ten years later, where's the faithful high priest at? What's he been doing? Now I'm going to tell you, he, Jesus, is a faithful high priest. And if you've invited him into your life, he's going to change your life. He's going to change your desires. He's going to be transformational in your life. And if he isn't, if he's not doing that right now, if he's not putting things in the right place, either you're ignoring him, pushing him back, shutting him up, or he's not there at all. And either way, either way, you don't want to be in that place. You want the faithful high priest in your life directing and guiding your life. Now here's the other job the faithful high priest has. The faithful high priest has to be to annually go into the holy place and offer the sacrifice for the people's sins. He goes in before God and offers the sacrifice so that we receive the mercy of God. Jesus, this baby, came to be the perfect faithful high priest, to be the perfect sacrifice for you and me. It's another reason we celebrate Christmas. The word propitiation in, in, in the word, it, it means this, that there's a, a wronged party, a legitimately wronged party. An angry party, justifiably so. And this word means that a price is given to satisfy the wrong, to satisfy the insult, to satisfy the betrayal, to make it so that everything is right between the offended party and the offender, 
to fix things. So here we are. The enemy had tempted us, and we have fallen. We've lived in sin. And if all that was left for us at that point was the sure, lawful judgment of eternal separation from an offended creator who made us and that we ignored and lived life our own way. And the good news is while we were in this condition, having sinned against God, having broken a relationship with Him, and deserving of being thrown out and done away with this, while we were in this condition, our Creator still loved us so much that the baby came to be our perfect sacrifice. Jesus came to destroy the lawful power of the devil to condemn us. He forever, uh, to condemn us forever and paid the price for our judgment so that we could be free. The slavery to death would be broken because this baby came to purchase our freedom. Do you get that today? Do you understand that today? Because when you get that, it's something to dance about. It's something to celebrate about. It's something to get excited about. It's something that, we, that makes, the, makes the Christmas celebration full of meaning. You need to know, your children need to know, that there is a darkness about us that is short of the wisdom of God. There's a darkness about us that separates us from God and the creation of God, that He still, that as the creation of God, He still loved us, sent His Son, because we needed fixed. Not cosmetically fixed. We don't just need to be a prettier Lamborghini with a broken piece inside of us. He came to fix us at the DNA level. He came to transform us and to change us. And friends, here's the deal. For that to happen in your life, you have to ask Christ to come in and do the work in you. You are broken until that happens. Say, Pastor, that's really, that's really harsh. You know, we need to accept everybody and how they are. Yeah, I, I accept everybody. Just that we're all sinners, far, far from God. That's who we are. You say, well, what about you? I, I was a sinner far from God. Far from God. Growing up in the church with a heart that leaned a different direction. With a heart that didn't have that connection until Jesus came in, the faithful high priest, to cover my sin and to redirect my heart. But I had to ask him in. And you have to ask him in. The babe came in flesh and blood. He partook of the temptations of life. And he came away victorious. Hebrews 4 says this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's saying you're welcome to come with confidence to find the grace that is available to you in your hour of need. He faced temptations and is able to sympathize with our need. And he presents our needs at the throne of God that we can come there through him with the price 
being paid for us. So why do we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate because we were lost and the baby came. We celebrate because we were in bondage and he came to set us free. We celebrate because we were bound for judgment and he came to offer us grace. We celebrate because we were alone and he came to be Emmanuel, God, with us. We celebrate because he comes into our suffering and into our brokenness and hope is alive in him no matter what this world throws at you. We have a lot to celebrate. Amen? Give the Lord a clap offering today. Here is a part of the message that is so exciting to share. It's so wonderful to share. But this isn't about a religion. It's about love manifested in our life that penetrates. Love, when, when you begin to love someone and they love you, and it penetrates into your very being. And this great loving God comes, and when we open our heart to him, he comes into our life and begins to transform us. He begins to bring strength into us and meaning and purpose and hope into our lives so that no matter what brokenness you're facing today, no matter what hurt is going on, no matter what loss you have faced, you don't have to walk out into this place saying, oh, I've just done some ritual. You can walk out of this place with hope living in you, in Jesus. You may be a Christian and you may have been broken by things and hurt by things this year. Dive into Jesus deeper. Cry out to Him more, more completely. Lift your voice and open your heart and invite Him into that hurt in your life. And you're going to find a strength you never knew was possible. A vision and a hope that you never knew was there. Because, see, He comes into our suffering to meet our great needs. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today, and I'm going to ask our prayer teams and elders and staff to come down to the front. In just a moment, we're going to invite you to come down for prayer, whatever your need may be. Maybe you have a health issue or some other issue in life that we've talked about today. And today, I just, I just, want, to, I just want to challenge you. Don't leave without letting somebody pray for you. Don't depart without letting somebody come to you and speak into your life and to pray for you. Make sure you take that opportunity today. Because every head's about every eye closed. What about you and your relationship with Jesus? Have you asked him into your life? He won't force his way in, but he's available for you if you'll ask him to come into your life. Have you done that? you to reign and rule in my life. Father, I know you're going to be faithful to every one of these people. I'm so grateful, Father, that they've heard that call and your spirit spoken to them today. I pray that they discover a newness of a journey in you that only happens with you being in their life. Transformed and made new in right relationships.
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's been good worshiping with you today. Go in the joy of the Lord. Grace and